welcome to the Billion Effect Podcast. My name is Zubio Peters and I'm glad to be your host on this show. Here we have conversations about exploring, leveraging powerful, disruptive and exponential technologies to create massive world, massive impact and of course massive influence. This decade, 2020 to 2030 and beyond. Today's conversation is going to be an interesting one. It's one very interesting idea that even the big shot miss from time to time. This idea is going to determine how far your tech idea goes. So to fully explain this, a couple of years ago, I was in network marketing, right? I was working for this company that had different sites and different benefits to being a member, right? If you understand how network marketing works, there's a product or there are strings of products and there's a business plan, a business compensation aspect to the whole thing. And you get more money and you grow a bigger organization by bringing in and referring more people to join your business, right? So I ran some kind of promotion online and some guy came via social media. He met up and I invited him over to a presentation. He came over, he had the presentation of the whole thing. And amongst all the benefits that was stated during that presentation, he kept on hitting on a particular benefit. And that was the cooperative. The cooperative was basically an opportunity where you can pull in your funds and you could play at bigger things. So for example, you could pull in your funds, you, your, your funds was tiny, and you could participate in bigger real estate deals and projects. Or you can save and you can save periodically, like monthly, and you can use that money at the end of the year to do something big, something grand, you know, play, play at a level that you would not normally play at. Now, after the presentation, this guy that came for the presentation said, Hey, I like your business. The part that I really want to focus my energy on is on the cooperative. I think it can help me in so many different areas. I'm like, okay, great. Now, you need to have the backend story. My primary aim for doing the whole thing was to get people there to build my network marketing organization. It means I wanted to recruit people that will recruit more people so that we can make a truckload of money, right? However, this guy is telling me I want to do the cooperative part of it. He says, well, the... The whole recruiting part is not really my thing, but I think that the cooperative part is going to be a hit. I love it. So my response usually was, okay, great. That's wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah, you can do the cooperative. But listen, if you also do this part, you are going to make a lot of money. You're going to do this. You're going to qualify for trips. You're going to do all of this cool stuff. And still he would say, yeah, that's so good. That's so great. But listen, when I join the cooperative, I can be able to save a certain amount of money monthly. And at the end of the year, I can see this amount of money that's going to be very useful to me and my family. I'm like, that is so great. And do you know what? Yeah, when you join the cooperative and you, you can use as an avenue to start bringing people to join your business and you can build a big organization and you can make X amount of money. And then we kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then after that whole heated argument of the Supreme Court. He says, okay, Mr. Zubi, I'm going to get back to you. I said, all right, you get back to me. You know how it works. I followed up on him after a couple of, you know, days. He says, oh, I'm still working on it. Yeah, I'll join you. So now I'm just, I'm just trying to put one or two things together. After a couple of weeks, more follow-up and he says, Mr. Zubi, I'll get back to you. Yeah, great, great opportunity there. Great opportunity. After a couple of months, I follow up on this guy. And yet he's still not ready. And he told me he was ready. 
After a couple of years, about one or two years later, I was already out of the business. I was no longer into the network marketing business. Interestingly, I was already out of it. I was already done with it. I've given it a couple of years. I've had my own fair share of it. And then I stumbled upon this guy. We start talking again. And this time, he is already part of the business. He has already joined someone else's network. And I'm like, what? Are you crazy? Now, I didn't tell him that to his face precisely, but you know, that's kind of thing you think you had. Like, I spend my time on you. I spend my energy and resources to get you there and do all the follow-up and you didn't join. What the heck are you thinking about? And um, interestingly, I realized that he joined that person's network and guess what he was still talking about? He was still talking about the cooperative. He was still talking about the aspect of the business that was not my focus. The reason I bring this up is that so many times as entrepreneurs, as transformational leaders, as people who want to do big things, as people who are thinking big things, as people who want to change the world, every now and then we get lost in our bubble. Every now and then we get lost in what we think the market should do, should be, should have. We get lost in the idea of how we think the market should respond we do not necessarily at every single time pay attention to our audience so the big idea here for today is regardless of what your tech idea is focus on the user focus on the user this is one of the top guiding principles for google and not just for google for virtually all the top tech companies around the world and not just the tech companies, but quite frankly, all the top companies around the world focus on the user. Because of my work in the marketing field and I help my clients, you know, reach more customers, get more customers, get more clients. I help my clients gain traction. So I help them build out marketing campaigns. We design what the offer should look like. We design what the marketing should say, what the message should say, how to reach them, what the medium should be. I find out that most times, most people fall in love with their ideas more than they fall in love with their audience. Most people fall in love with their ideas, fall in love with their products, fall in love with their services. Most people fall in love with their solutions more than they fall in love with their market. If you are going to have relevance in this decade, if your tech idea is going to gain traction, you have to fall in love with your audience more than you fall in love with your idea. Now, this is very critical. And sometimes this is not always the case because sometimes the way we encounter the solution which we are sharing with the world, the way we came upon this gift and the way we stumbled upon this idea which we are packaging and redesigning and digitizing to share with the rest of the world, the way we came across them is somewhat emotional. We have this idea that it is going to revolutionize the world. And a critical piece of it, the market is saying, we do not want this. But people are so emotionally attached to what they think the market wants for them to actually pay attention. So we are designing all of this good stuff. We are putting out all of this great marketing campaign. And the user is not at the epicenter of the whole plan. Big, huge mistake. The user, the market. Your audience, the person you're trying to do something for should be at the center of your decision-making process. So the previous episode, 
I said, hey, find a problem and solve it. That is how you approach the exponential technology space. Don't just go, hey, I want to be the King Kong of AI. Now, that's good. That's great. However, you may not necessarily start there. To go from there, it's kind of difficult unless you have some kind of crazy track record. But something that is easier to do is to say, hey, I'm going to find this problem. And I'm going to use artificial intelligence to make it pop. Right? If you say that and you find a great problem, and you come across a solution, you should realize that you are solving problems for real people. People are actually going to be engaging with these things that you're going to be creating or designing or launching or leading or selling. People will be the ones to engage with it. So they have to be the focus of your innovation or your invention or your solution. So a good question to ask yourself is, let's start from the basic question. Does this actually solve the problem of the user? Does it actually solve the problem of the user? How many times have you downloaded an app? You say, okay, um, you had a problem or you had a challenge and somebody says, hey, um, there should be an app that should do that. And you go straight to Google and interestingly, a list of apps come up and then you head over to the app store or to the play store and you download an app and the app is a flop. The app does not really do what the app should do. How many times have you experienced it? I don't know about you, but for me, countless times, countless times. It even looks as if these guys are not paying attention. Like this contrasts exactly what we want, right? So one of the reasons that many platforms are not succeeding, they're just beautiful, innovative ideas. And people have shared so many with me, so many app ideas. And many people even go ahead to launch. It doesn't gain traction. and I'm not surprised. Because by the time we tell them, hey, what's this supposed to do? What's this supposed to do? What's this supposed to do? They can't answer. It sounds fancy. Some of them sound sophisticated. They look cool. You think of it as a good idea to add, okay, this will be an extra feature, an extra feature. Yet, it doesn't really solve the problem that the user wants. So focus on the user. It is important that you ask yourself, does this actually solve the problem of the user? If it does not solve the problem of the user, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. You are going to experience a grind. Now, when it is confirmed that your product, your tech solution actually solves the problem of the user, the next thing you need to pay attention to, two words, two very powerful words, user experience. User experience. Experience is everything. Right now, experience is everything. The difference between a Facebook app and an app that is at number 1.25 million when it comes to social media listing is the quality of experience that it creates. Now, don't get me wrong. There are lots of good apps out there, lots of good ideas, lots of good solutions. However, the user experience is crappy, right? The user experience should be at the top of your mind. The question to ask is, does this improve the experience of the user? Does this improve the experience of the user? If it does not improve the experience of the user, then why bother putting it out there? People are already having their days go very fast. People are already having their days go bored. People are connecting less and less. So people are looking for ways to connect better. People are looking for ways to do things faster, easier, cheaper, more efficiently, more productively. So the question is, how can you improve the experience of the user? One of the reasons, quite frankly, that many people go on social media sites and spend countless hours daily is that the perception 
that what is going on on social media is more exciting than what is going on in their real life. And for so many people, quite frankly, social media is more exciting than their real life, right? And social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, they constantly upgrade and improve the user's experience. So this is critically important. Experience is everything. Today, what you sell is an experience. Anybody that is interacting with any of your TED platforms in any area, at any level, what they are basically paying for, whether it's with their time, whether it's with their money, with their energy, with their resources, with their votes, what they are paying for is an experience. You have to give them that extraordinary experience. User experience is a big deal if you are going to stand out amongst the millions and millions of tech solutions and ideas that will be launched this decade. Or if you've already launched yours and it's not getting traction, user experience is something that you need to take a second look at. If people have been to your platform, maybe once or twice, or maybe even three times, do they want to come back? That is a very important question. How they feel when they interacted with your solution will determine whether they come back. And experience is about how you make them feel. What was the feeling like? Did they waste their time? Did they overpay? Was it boring? Was it clunky? Was it a drag? It is important that you try as much as possible, especially when you're digitizing your ideas or your solution, it is important that you bring as much human experiences into your technology as possible. I'll say that again. Bring as much human experiences into your technology as possible. So I remember a few years ago, I came on Facebook and I wanted to scroll past and in the, you know, the update box, I saw what is on your mind. I'm like, that's interesting. That is interesting. Even before you have a conversation with the rest of the world, Facebook is having a conversation with you. And that conversation, if it works well, it actually leads to you having a conversation with the rest of the world. Now, I don't know the feedback. I don't know whether it affected them on the other end. I, can't, I don't have their back-end data. But I'm guessing that that worked because after a while, a lot more people started saying a lot more things. In fact, a lot more people started saying crazy things, things they shouldn't be saying because Facebook have asked them, what is on your mind? And they're like, okay, what's on my mind? I'm hungry, right? What's on my mind? I'm feeling sad. And everybody just keeps saying everything. Now, while we may have some reservation about, oh, this is affecting our society in this manner or that manner, it is achieving their goal of keeping people active and engaged on their platforms. So they ask, what is on your mind? And you start typing out. That is adding a human element. So they're not just putting a text box and leaving you to just, you know, whether you want to say something, say something. Yes, that is the idea that leaving you to say something if you want, but they are guiding you using something that is consistent with human behavior. That is a question. That is a conversation. What is on your mind? Interestingly, before the messaging platforms got very popular, so for example, um, BlackBerry Messenger, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, and the rest of them, I didn't get in quite early. I didn't like the whole messaging thing so much. So I thought it was a waste of time, it was a waste of productivity. Now, but I had so many people get on those platforms, I said, okay, I need to get on those platforms and connect and you know, further my course, that was years ago. But when we started chatting, I had a major, major problem. I wanted to say something, but my facial expression could not communicate it adequately, right? Then they introduced 
emojis and it was it was a bit better right so there was emojis i used emojis and you could get some of the expressions out but still you say something humorous and you don't get the response and all the emojis are wiped out you know that none of the emojis can do the job but after a while they introduced what stickers and gifs and all of that stuff and all of this made it extraordinarily interesting they made it more interesting because they were adding more and more human elements right so you could have an emoji or a sticker or a gif that has an exaggerated expression of what you wanted to do right and the person on the other end immediately gets it because without all of these stickers there are some nuances of human expressions that are missed in the conversation right so you can't just keep writing lol lol well some people write it different parts of the world some people write it but I like to use the stickers and not just me, millions of people like to use the stickers because they're here to stay and they're growing and they're growing and they're being used and more engaged. So think about how can you add more human elements to what you're doing? How can you add more human elements to your tech ideas? So there are robots right now. For example, I think Baxter and Sawyer. There are robots that work in factories, that work in manufacturing environments. At first, these robots, you know how robots look, they, they don't look together, they look like machines, their hands are disconnected, they're not the same shape, they don't look like humans. So they don't really interact well with humans. So the humans do not really work well with them. And yes, humans are already working with robots right now. Like this is 2020 and humans are already working with robots. However, even though they work with them, because it's a robot, man, it feels like the robot can come behind you and strangle you while you're working. <laughs> but it did something interesting. For certain robots, they said put in smiley faces. So, um, robot like Baxter and Sawyer, I think I may be getting it mixed up. But for robots like Baxter and Sawyer, they have a screen whereby you can see a smiley face, right? Now, these robots they walk up to you and they introduce themselves. This robot they have smiley faces. You know when they are, you know when the face is straight. You know when they are smiling. I, I I doubt they have emotions, but who knows, man? <laughs> this is introducing human elements into their tech solution. And when they started adding, you know, the smiley faces, walking up to you to introduce themselves, it became easier for humans to work with them more efficiently, right? There is just some part of it that makes you connect. Interestingly, we are connecting with robots. I think I said it in some previous episode. We are going to see a time where people will have more relationships with robots than other human beings, just the way we have with smartphones. So people are going to have relationships with AI, have relationships with robots than we have with other human beings, right? And the thing that makes all of this thing work is because they're adding human elements that makes the user more comfortable to use this, that makes the user more excited to use it. So bring as many human experiences into your technology as possible. And not just that, let your point of interaction be optimized for an amazing user experience. Let all your points of interaction. So for example, when the interact with you on mobile let it be powerful or even much better than when they interact with you on desktop so you go to some websites on the desktop view it is great and then you go to the mobile view and then it's a tug of war you have to resize it you have to look at the word at one end and you go and scroll 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 to the other end to look at the last word because the text did not just naturally align the images did not align the platform was not optimized for the user experience. So the same thing when it comes to your app, the same thing when it comes to your devices, 
And this decade, we're going to have more devices than we've ever had before due to the rise of this exponential technology. So it's, it's going to be more than just having a phone and having a laptop and having a, a tablet. But you're going to have things like 3D printers because they're available to all of us right now. So you're going to have things like 3D printers, you're going to own them. And because of IoT, you're going to be able to control multiple things at the same time. You're going to work with robots right now. So you're going to have more device and more technology. So let your technology be optimized. At the point of interaction with your technology, let it be optimized. At the point of interaction with your mobile platforms, let it be optimized. At the point of interaction with your your PC, your desktop platforms, let it be optimized. So if it's a robot, let it be optimized. If it's a bot, if it's a chatbot, let it be optimized. If it's a machine learning solution, let it be optimized for amazing user experience. So the key thing here is that you just don't think about the technology itself. You just don't think about the platforms and the benefits and the features. No, you think about how is the user going to actually approach this? How is the user going to actually experience this? So one of the masters of this is the late Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is known for saying, hey, let us walk through how the user will experience our products when they receive it. So when they start their packaging, when they start their designing, they actually start from creating the boxes that the iPhone is going to come in. So that's why if you've ever owned an iPhone before, it is difficult to throw away the pack. The packs are so, so amazing. They're so slick and so sweet. You may throw away several things from your house, but you wouldn't throw away the pack of the iPhone because it's so beautifully made, so beautifully designed. So the rationale behind Steve Jobs thinking is, so the first thing I'm going to see when they get the iPhone is the pack. So let's make that pack as beautiful as ever. So when they open the pack, the amazing experience continues. So Steve Jobs is one of the first guys that said, listen, technology shouldn't be ugly because it's technology. It's not just because it's functional that you give it an excuse to be ugly. Why don't we make technology sexy, right? Why don't we make it sleek? Why don't we give it a great design? And that is what Apple did. I, you know, quite frankly, when Apple hits the seed, People were chewed not just because of all the internal stuff that Apple could do, not just because of the software and all of that, but they made the design so sweet, they made the phone so sweet, they made the laptop slim, they made it wrong without the fans inside, without the huge CPU that came with it. This has always been their line of thoughts. The user experience is not limited to the functionality. It is, let us capture them emotionally. So, so from the box of the device to the body of the device, it is so beautifully made. It is so sweet. Then you go into the interface. The interface is wonderful. Now, several people, because of the advancement of technology, now a lot of people are focusing on more and more on the interface, and that is great. However, many people are still ignoring the body, the design. Of course, the top companies are already stepping up. If you are going to play this game in 2020 to 2030 and beyond, you have to step up your user experience in the packaging, in how they interact with it, in how they experience it. Let your interface be smooth and easy. You get some apps and it is so freaking hard. You get on some website and you are lost. You don't know, it's, it's difficult. You're just running around the maze. And you know what, right now, we have the attention that is less than that of a goldfish. So according to science, a goldfish has more attention than the average human. 
we don't want to waste time. The people of today do not want to waste time being confused. Your interface should be smooth and easy. Let your design be solid. Let your interface be smooth and easy. Very few guys would get away with what Google got away with in terms of design. When Google started, they had only this search box that you could type in whatever you wanted to search. The search button, of course, and I'm feeling lucky. Right? At the time, they had no idea for design. They had created something that was powerful and functional. They said, hey, we are going to figure out this design thing later. Let us just push it out there and see how it works. And so when they put it out there, interestingly, it was novel. It was, you know, it was incredible. It was better than every other thing on the scene at the time. So they pushed it out there and boom, right? Everybody started, you know, going for it. People started using Google and it was gaining traction and more and more traction. Right. They didn't have design around the whole Google website because of they didn't know what design to use. Right. Very few websites or very few platforms are going to be able to get away with it today. One of the things that helped them was that their website or their platform was simple and very functional. Today, I see bought ugly platforms, very ugly website. No, you don't want that. Right. I mean, I see it several people show me and say, Zoe, please help me vet this platform, help me vet this idea. I know it's great, but the colors are weird, the colors are off, it doesn't look cool, the design is off. Now, <laughs> the design is off, quite frankly. But Google was able to get away with it. One of the few that got away with it. Do not assume that you are going to be one of the few that will get away with it as well, because so many websites have tried and they have failed. What you should work towards is having a great design. Let the fuel be great. Let it be easy to navigate. Let your interface be solid. Let it be smooth. Let it be solid. And if you notice, Google has upgraded and updated their interface. So even right now, they jump on trends. So if there's a national holiday, if a country celebrates an independence day, Google are going to show it above the search button. They celebrate icons. They celebrate important days. They celebrate important communities. They are actually maximizing and utilizing that because of user experience. They did not stay designless. So let your interface and let your designs be solid. Let people not get confused when they get on your platforms. If they get confused, they can't get engaged. If they get confused, they move to somewhere else. So that is why a couple of things you need to do, one of them is you need to treat feedback seriously. If your clients, your customers, your audience, your users, give you some kind of feedback on your tech idea, treat it seriously. Do not stubbornly stick to your way of doing things when your market is telling you something different. Right, it's my idea, it's my idea. It is crazy because people are so in love with their ideas. Even when the market is telling them this is not going to work, but they are so stubbornly crazy with their ideas, sticking with their ideas, if you stubbornly stick to your idea when your market, when your audience, when your users are telling you something different, you run the risk of having them go to somebody else. If they have not come to you yet, they may not come to you, at least not in the numbers that you're looking for, right? Treat feedback seriously. And treating feedback seriously means that you request feedback. Have a way to get them to tell you what is on your mind regarding our products, regarding our services, rate us. What are the bugs? What are you experiencing? The solutions today are enormous. People do not have time to waste. Quite frankly, if people have a problem with your platforms or your solutions, unless they paid a lot of money for it, 
they are not likely going to report back to you. They're just going to delete your app, get off your website, get off your platforms, go do something else. Because there are a ton of other alternatives waiting for them. Now, there are thousands of ways to solve one problem. Thousands of social media sites. Thousands and thousands and thousands of alternatives. So they're not going to wait around to give you feedback. It means that you have to actively solicit that feedback from them. You have to ask them. You have to get in touch with them. You have to even reward them for giving you feedback. Promise a reward. Get them involved and engaged and let them tell you how their experience has been so far. So pay attention. Pay attention to your market. Observe. Observe. If there is something that people are complaining about a lot on your platform, it's time to change it. It's time to adjust it. Right? Pay attention to the behaviors and trends in your market. Do not stupidly stick to your guns because that is what you think would work. And your entire market is telling you, no, I'm not talking about your competitors. I'm not talking about your naysayers. I'm not talking about your family members. I'm talking about your actual market. If your actual market is telling you something, pay attention, observe, and upgrade to satisfy their experience. Look at what behaviors are they engaging in. What trends are they engaging in? Most platforms are already turning up their video content, already adjusting the algorithm to favor video because they found out that more and more people are consuming videos more and more. People are consuming videos way more than they are consuming every other thing. So what are they doing to keep you engaged on their platforms? They are saving you more and more videos. And this is not just videos. In several different areas, pay attention. Listen. You see, most people don't pay attention. And this is something we do in real life. This is something we do in conversations with people one-on-one -on -one that we are constantly carrying into every area of our lives, right? So you are having a conversation with somebody and the person is bringing out all the points and probably you do not like the points the person is bringing out. You don't like what the person is saying. Or you may even feel the person is attacking you. And while the person is talking, you're not paying attention. You know what you're doing? Your mind, you are thinking about your response. You're thinking about how to decimate everything the person is saying and shatter it into pieces. <laughs> you're thinking about your comeback. You're not thinking about what this person is saying. Is it actually true on some level? Could this person be right? Could I be wrong? Could I have missed it somewhere? We're not thinking about that. No. We're thinking about how to use our response to destroy the opinions of this person, to decimate and disintegrate them into pieces. Right? That's not my personality. Just calm down. <laughs> All right. So... We do this in real-life conversations. And most people export this into every area of their lives, into your market research. They're not really researching for what the market wants. They're actually just testing if the market wants what they want to sell, right? They are not listening to how their market is behaving. They're not checking out for trends. They are going with a preconceived idea of what it should be like. It's important that you don't just go to the market with your answer. You go to the market with your question. When your market tells you the answer, you produce it. You give it to them. You deliver it. That's how you win. Now, when you deliver it, everybody says, oh, my God, you are good. You are a genius. This guy is a genius. Meanwhile, you give them back what they told you, right? So ask them what they need. Ask them what they need. Talk to them. Yeah, talk to them. Sometimes they may not be able to tell you what they need. They may not be able to articulate what they need. Sometimes they don't even know. You know, several inventions... Several innovations and improvements that I see across several technologies. Quite frankly, I probably couldn't have thought about it as a user from a user standpoint. But these guys are paying attention across board, right? And they are able to detect that this is what would be the next step here. 
to keep them engaged, to keep them satisfied. I know there were some years ago that we used to say, Facebook is boring, Facebook is boring. What am I doing? I can't do anything on Facebook, Facebook is boring. However, the experiences kept increasing and kept increasing and kept increasing. And right now, many people can't stay away from Facebook. Many people can't stay away from Instagram. Many people can't stay away from LinkedIn. People say, oh, LinkedIn is so serious. LinkedIn is so corporate. But they keep it increasing and increasing and increasing. And many people just log into LinkedIn every single day, every single moment. All right. So ask them what they need. Sometimes they'll be able to tell you. And that could be your game changing idea. So here is what you need to understand. If you give users a great experience, they will talk about your ideas, your product, or your technology, or solutions to other users. But they will only talk about your ideas to other users if you give them a great experience. Of course, if you give them a shitty experience, they're going to talk about it, but not in a way that will make your ideas spread. But if you give them a great experience, they'll talk about your ideas, your tech solutions to other users, and your ideas will spread. People are becoming busier than ever. People are working and working. Attention is quickly becoming the scarcest resource. People are paying attention to less and less things. So they don't have the time and the attention to listen to everything. They will only slow down and listen to what everyone is talking about. So if you want to create something that goes big, if you want to do something that goes viral, if you want to create something to touch the lives of you know, a million, 10 million, 1 billion people like I've been clamoring about, you need to do something that everybody will talk about. Of course, this does not negate the fact that you have to advertise. Google are still advertising, right? Facebook, Yahoo, they're doing advertising. They're advertising offline, they're advertising on TV, advertising on other people's platforms. So this does not mean that you won't advertise. But if you play your role well, people will talk to other users. Your users will talk to other users and your ideas get to spread and you get to spend less in your advertising now here's something important you need to know every user interfaces with your idea technology with the hope of getting a certain outcome every user when they get on your platform when they get your technology your machine your device your your website whatever you are releasing as your gift to the world when they get on it they are getting on it they're interacting with it using it buying it with the hope of getting an outcome that outcome you need to be clear of. You need to be clear of the outcome more than the user is clear of the outcome. You need to identify it. You need to be extraordinarily clear. Now, many who get in on social media are not as clear as why they're getting on social media as the designers of the social media game. They understand why you're getting on social media. They understand the times you're getting on social media. They understand what you're trying to run away from getting on social media. They understand what you substitute for social media. They understand the pain you are trying to alleviate, right? So many people are running away from their real life world problems. So many people just want to go have a good time. So many people want to connect, have community. They understand all of this. So they are designing their platforms. They're doing the marketing and their promotions. They're building their benefits and their features to make sure that you get that outcome. If you get that outcome, you use the platforms again. And not just that you use the platforms again, you tell somebody else. So you must identify what that outcome is. You must promise that outcome in your marketing. And you must fulfill that outcome in the experiences you deliver. So let me say it again. When you understand the outcome that they are getting on your platform or using your idea technology for, you must first identify what that outcome is. Be extraordinarily clear on it. You must promise that outcome in your marketing and your promotion. 
and then you must fulfill that outcome in the experiences you deliver. Remember, you're delivering an experience, whether they are getting on an app, whether they're interacting with a robot, whether they are using an artificial intelligence bot, whether they're using 3G, it's an experience. If the experience sucks, they will run from it and they will tell a few other people to run from it even before testing it. If the experience is great, if the experience is first class, they will come back, they are going to pull all of their family members, their colleagues, their friends, their business partners, and they will get on your platform. So focus on the user. That's the key thing here. If you want to do something that spreads, if you want to do something that will catch like wildfire, you have to focus on improving the experience of the user. So think user experience. The user should be at the epicenter of your ideas. Your idea should be a solution to a real problem for a real user. Focus on the user experience and you will have a very, very good run. So I hope this has been valuable to you. I hope you enjoyed the time you spent listening to this conversation. So if you found this valuable, please do me a favor, share. Share with your friends, your colleagues, your family, your business partners, your haters, your critics. Come on, just share it all around. I appreciate if you do that. Go to iTunes, give me a good rating, give me a review. I would appreciate that as well. And depending on the platform you're listening to this from, please let me get your feedback. I'd like to know what you think. Or you can just hit me up on social media. Zubi O Peters. You can hit me up on social media. I'd like to get your, your feedback on how you've been enjoying the podcast so far. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Billion Effect. This is Zubio Peter saying, you can make a billion dollars. You can make a billion impact. You can reach a billion people. Have a great time.